You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, healthy and alive. Yourself? Well, I have to say that I'm the same. I'm healthy and alive, and I'm glad to be healthy and alive. Although, I'm dealing with a slight bit of blindness at the moment. Thanks, GP. I know you're listening. <laughs> so, what I mean is, is I ordered in some, uh, some studio lights, and I, we were just sitting here testing them. And I had them on the lowest possible setting the lowest possible setting. And I thought, okay, that's got to be the brightest. No, that's the lowest. And I thought, what in the world is the brightest? I I had to put the thing like 10 feet away in the corner from me and, and I still need sunglasses. It's crazy. It's crazy. So that's turned off and, and put away for the day. We'll, we'll play around with that another time. But anyway, um, today, today we want to get back into some of our digital dark age. And that's, you know, you're wondering what this is. Okay. Once a week, we're going to sit down and we're going to discuss everything tech and a couple of off topic things here and there. Uh, that come up because it, it's really important that this day and age where we sit down and we discuss th- these things, because I think a lot of people, when you look at this technology stuff, you look at it as the way that it's sold to you. And by that, I mean, it's convenience. Everything is sold to you as it's this big, convenient thing, and it's going to make your life a whole lot easier. But you never stop to think about what that technology is being used for on the other end, on the back end, on the side of the company that sold it to you or the software side of it. So what happens there? Well, every other week, we usually hear something about, I don't know, uh, some tech company, Apple or Samsung or Microsoft or, or whoever got caught watching people. Right. We always hear about that. And then, of course, this ties into a lot of the other things that we're starting to start or we're starting to see the emergence of covid tracking. Right. That's that's now become standard on Apple and Android phones so or Google phones. So well, it's the same thing. And then, of course, you've got the Internet of Things, you know, all the little devices and things you've got in your house. You know, you're um, I'm not going to mention them, but everybody knows the one you talk to that belongs to a certain company, right? Amazon. So there's that one. I think Google's got one now, the Google Home system. And then there's um, what's the one that Apple has? Is it Apple Home or Apple Pod or something? Yeah, something like that. I'm, it's, I'm not it's caught one up of those on things. those. Yeah. I, anyway, there's actually there's a, there's so many things. There, there's so many of these things that have actually opened up or excuse me, that have, that have um, been put on the market. There's actually a store that opened up down the road from me called the Smart Home Store. And it has everything that you could put in your smart home, all of it. Vacuum cleaners and thermostats and you know, all, all these little devices and everything. Everything that can be linked to the Internet of Things is in this store for your home. And it's a popular place. I always see a load of cars out there. So, I mean, apparently a lot of people like this stuff, but it's not for me. It's not for me. I'm not a technophobe well, by any means. It is convenient. It, it is convenient. You know, it's something I used to be that person. I used to be that early adopter. I mean, I was one of the first guys in line for one of these. You know what this is? This is an iPad first generation, if you can believe it. This is the 64 gig 3G. This was $1,000 when it first came out. Of course, now, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't pay that for it. But <laughs> Right. right here is proof of my early adoption, you know, or part of it. I've got, I still got one of the old classic iPad or um, iPads, iPods downstairs. And it's it's literally like I got it when it came out. I think it was like six hundred dollars. 
or something. It was an 80 gig and I had the, you know, had it was still the one with the little spinny discs inside of it. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of person that I was. I was the early adopter type. And then I, I got to thinking as as technology moved on, I thought, what is all this stuff being used for? And I, I took a different line of work professionally and I started getting into information security and things of that nature. And I thought, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. N- none of this information is is safe. None of it. None of this technology that we're being told that is convenient for us, none of this is safe either. And as a matter of fact, we actually did a a study for an American corporation. I'm not going to say which one. And I've mentioned this here before, but for the new listener, because I know we've got a lot of those now. I did a study for myself and and a few other guys. We we were hired to do a study for a company, an American corporation. And we were tasked to find the security risks with RFID cards, you know, the pay pass, pay chip cards, whatever they are, you know, those things. So we were tasked to do that because this company was going to start issuing them to their clients. And they said, we need to know what the possible security risks of these things are. So if you could do everything you need to do for your study and then let us know, we would greatly appreciate that. So we did. We did that. And to our surprise, it didn't take us very long. It didn't take us very long. To our surprise, we ended up going to eBay, actually. And we bought somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think we spent like $26, $27 of just stuff, you know, some hardware. And we tested this stuff. We tested these RFID cards, you know, these pay pass cards, these contact pay or contactless pay stations you're seeing everywhere now. Oh, yeah, that. You think that's safe? It's not, I assure you. These things are easy enough to walk through a crowd of people. And this was going on 10, 15 years ago. You know, this is this was very early on in this stuff. And it's it's easy enough to walk through a crowd of people and to digitally pickpocket whoever you need. I mean, it's it's literally that you don't have to reach in and steal their 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 wallet any longer. You don't have to do that. You don't have to take their purse from them. You can just walk through a crowd. And and here you go. Here's their card numbers. Here's their D.O.B. Here's their account numbers, all of it. So is your information really safe? That, that's the question. Is your information really safe? Is it as convenient as they tell you? Well, yes, it is. But it's also unsafe at the same time. But they don't bother to tell you that because all they care about is a bottom line. So they want to make sure that you get that product. They want to make sure that you use that service. More than that, they get paid every time you use any of those services. If a corporation wants to sell you or wants to give you a card, which unfortunately, for example, all my bank cards, all my credit cards, everything, all of it has the stuff now, all of it. And I remember I contacted my bank, my credit card company. I said, I don't want these things. What are you doing? I, I don't want these things. Do you know how unsafe these things are? And then, of course, the person on the other end of the phone tried to tell me that, oh, yes, it's safe. It's secure. I said, no, it's not. And then I proceeded to explain how it's not. And they said, well, there's nothing we can do because that's all we offer now. They're going to make you take all of this, whether you want it or not. This is why they want to ban cash. And this is where it starts getting into uh, other crazy things like you know social, social scoring, or excuse me, let me use the World Economic Forum term, social capital. Social capital. Yes. Sounds, sounds much more articulate, doesn't it? Social capital. Yeah, that's just a little bit on information security, just a, just a light backstory. But anyway, um, let, let's get into some of these other things. I, I put up a few things today, Bruce, to talk about on what we like to call here the, on the digital dark age. And let, let's take a look at... Let's take a look at these cameras, because I, I mentioned these companies like Samsung and, and Sony and, and Apple. I think Sony was, was the latest one that got caught, I think, uh, watching people. And you think, well, how is it they can do that? Well, you know that mile long terms of service that you just hit agree to because you don't want to read it? OK, yeah, all that's in there. If you go and you accept something, if you agree to something, then that means that you give them permission to turn your device on when and whenever they want, wherever they want. They don't care. And I'll give you an example of that. I bought a new phone. Couple, oh, it's been almost two years now. I've had this thing for almost two years. And it's been a good phone, to be fair. It's been a really good phone. But the problem with it was I needed to find out some information on how much data I was 
transmitting and receiving. So in order for me to do that, I had to put it into developer mode. And when I put it into developer mode, you're able to go in and see a lot of the other details and things that are on your device, all the other applications and things that are working in the background. And I started digging through it and I started looking at the, the camera and I thought, hang on a minute, this camera is is at the top of the list of things that have been using the most data. And I thought, what's going on here? And so I went in and I looked, that camera had been on for over six months, even though it wasn't, you know, even though it wasn't, I wasn't using it. I wasn't utilizing any apps or anything. Now, granted, I had a cover for it. I ordered the cover before the phone even got here. But the fact is, is that the camera was still on for six months. It was on. If you can imagine, if you can imagine the amount of data that they're gathering on each and every one of us just through this alone. But I, I digress. So let's look at let's look at Facebook. All right. Facebook, their popular services like Instagram, WhatsApp, stuff like that. So they're they're intertwined in a lot of this stuff. So let's look at what they're doing, right? They've been accused of watching Instagram users through their cameras. Oh well, I mean they, they would never do such a thing, right? They they would never do that. Facebook Incorporated is being sued again, again, so this has happened before, for allegedly spying on Instagram users, though this time through the unauthorized use of their mobile phone cameras. Now, I'm not making this up. I mean, this is out of Bloomberg. This just came out yesterday. So, Or actually, I think it was even this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, this morning. Yeah. Uh, the lawsuit springs from media reports in July that the photo sharing app appeared to be accessing iPhone cameras even when they weren't actively being used. Hence what was going on with mine. It wasn't actively being used. But I found out that it was on. If I hadn't gone into developer mode, if I hadn't gone into those deeper settings that the average person doesn't use, if I hadn't gone into that, I never would have known. I never would have known. It's of course, Facebook. Bug, yeah, of course, Facebook denies all this, saying it is a bug. It's just a bug. It's, you know, it's it's not it's not purposely being done or anything. I mean, why would they do something like that? We totally believe them, right? Yeah, just a bug, just just a fluke. You know, it's a, it's a perfectly legitimate company. I don't know what the problem. Is. Facebook, of course, like they said, they denied it, uh, and they they blamed a bug, and they said that they were going to correct it. They're describing these as false notifications that Instagram was accessing iPhone cameras. False notifications. See, see what you saw wasn't what you actually saw, right? So so it's you, you didn't actually see that. So don't 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 pay any attention. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. And it just so happened this bug kind of went under the radar before Apple did their change and so Apple did a change recently with their uh, recent operating system update that basically it notifies you anytime an app tries to use like your microphone or your your camera and whatnot. It'll give you a notification. So it just kind of happened that, you know, that bug was just there. It just, you know, uh, the only reason they f- they found the bug is because, you know, Apple did this change. And and of course, as you said, Facebook was quick to deny it and say, oh, no, this is, this is just a bug. We're not actually collecting data or anything. Mm-hmm. Sure. As I said, nothing to see here. It's all good. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. And if they do get caught, they just simply throw out some BS excuse like this and and everything's fine. So the complaint was filed Thursday in a federal court in San Francisco, New Jersey. Uh, excuse me, in San Francisco, New Jersey, Instagram user. Uh, I'm not going to mention her name, contends the app's use of the camera is intentional and done for the purpose of collecting lucrative and valuable data on its users that it would not otherwise have access to. I perfectly have to agree. Yeah, perfectly reasonable explanation. Absolutely. By obtaining extremely private and intimate personal data on their users, including the privacy of their own homes, which I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
if you are a person that that goes out and and buys one of these devices, if you go out and you buy one of these Amazon devices or or iPod or i whatever the Apple thing or the HomePod or whatever, it's, I think it's HomePod. That's what it is. Or uh, the Google Home system, what, whatever the Nest system. I'm sorry, you you kind of willfully forfeit that right that you have to privacy. You you willingly have done that. That's your responsibility. So whatever information is then collected off of you, I, I kind of I, I don't really have much sympathy because you put yourself in that position. You agreed to the terms of service that you didn't bother to read. So and this is where the exposure comes in. And and like I said, I'm not a technophobe. We're not technophobes here. We believe in this technology. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. But how it's being used is extremely dangerous. It's not being used in a manner to help society. It's being used in a manner to suppress and control society. That's the key takeaway here. So if you don't realize that you're being set up in order to sacrifice every bit of privacy and every bit of data that you have on yourself, then I'm not quite sure I know what to say. I mean, I've tried to explain this to people. I mean, I know people that have all this stuff in their house. They've got two or three of these, whatever, echoes or whatever the hell they think, you know, those things are two two or three of those things in their house and uh, nest systems and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing? Tear all this stuff out. Get get it out of here. And I get told that I'm paranoid. I, I get told that I'm paranoid. Well, here it is. Here it is right here. And this is this is not just relegated to uh, Facebook with Instagram. We've seen reports, several reports. Bruce, we've been covering this for a better part of a year off and on. Google's been mm-hmm. caught with their Nest systems. Amazon's been caught with their, their Echo devices. I mean, hell, there was one case in Ireland where uh, a guy was convicted of murder. And the reason he was convicted of murder is because they went back and they were able to get the uh, the Amazon Echo recordings without without the person's knowledge. Now, granted, he actually killed somebody and they were able to get the conviction based on that. But but what if that wasn't there? Would they have walked? Is I mean, I, bravo for getting the conviction. I don't like how it was done. And I'm not excusing the crime. Of course not. But that shouldn't have been the way to get the conviction. Well, I mean, I'm a Jesus. That, that's a tough one because you're being surveilled without your okay. See, the the thing about this is is the the little terms of service or EULA that you agree to, there's so much in there. Apple, you know, this was something we I think we talked about this back in the day. Uh Apple actually has stuff in their agreement that covers them in case a nuclear power uses their technology to launch a nuke or or something triggers a, a nuclear war between two users because they had a disagreement on their platforms. I mean, they're they're going so far as to cover themselves for nuclear warfare. I mean, it, it's silly, but you know. But we talking about the Google Nest, for example. I know the thermostats. Uh, they've been caught with microphones and cameras in them. It's like, why does why does your thermostat need to have a microphone? And okay, I can understand the microphone if you want to, you know, do a voice command and change the temperature in the house. Fine, or the room, depending on how you have it set up. Uh, fine, but a camera. Um, uh, uh, no, no. So it's you're you're okaying the Soviet style uh, surveillance, you know, Soviet Russia doing the surveillance that they did back in the day. You're okaying it by just, you know, you're just accepting the, the technology and then the government gets access to it because they go in and uh, we, we've seen it with Verizon. They just said they, they gave a warrant and said, Mr. and Mrs. Verizon and then got hundreds of users uh, data from Verizon. Verizon was just like, yeah, okay, that's good enough. No, that's not how the system works. 
So uh, this is on top of that, the other security risks by them having this information. What if a hacker hacks in and, and steals your information there or, or uses it for, uh, you know, the, the layout of your house, as we've seen with the um, with the Roombas, they go around as they vacuum your house, they map your entire house, then upload it. And we see that, too, with other apps, you know, TikTok with the CCP, for example, you know, that kind of stuff. It's it's that information that gets held and retained by the corporation or the uh, the uh, governmental body itself. And the corporations don't care. The governments are happy to let it slide because they can access that information through the corporation. So it's scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. We'll make sure that we don't regulate you as long as you give us the data that we need when we need it for whatever purpose we need it for. So they're, so- they're fine. Real quick, you mentioned TikTok. Um, They're Mm -hmm. talking about, I think it's this Sunday, because of the president's executive order this Sunday, it's now banned for new downloads for TikTok. Okay. So if you have the app now, you can keep it. Yeah. But no new downloads um, starting this Sunday, I believe. And and I think there's plans to ban it here in the U.S. altogether, but... I haven't I haven't gone over to what what his plans are there, but yeah. Which funny thing about that, I saw that the the company that was looking at buying it, Oracle, there was there was something that yeah. went wrong there, and it like slid out of the way. So there was another company that came in, and it was just another CCP company that was going to acquire it. It's like, okay, um, we're 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 banning it because it is run by the CCP. So we need to get the CCP out of access to our data. But anyway, back to this this Facebook thing, right? Back, back to this. Facebook has denied, or excuse me, has declined to comment on any of this, right? Other than the fact that it was just a bug and uh, it was it was something that well, just, just kind of happened, right? Just kind of happened. In a suit that was filed last month, Facebook was accused of using facial recognition technology to illegally harvest the biometric data of more of its more than 100 million Instagram users. Facebook denied the claim. Of course, again, yeah, why would they admit that? Uh, and said that, yeah. and said that Instagram doesn't use facial recognition technology. Oh, oh, okay. Well, see that clears it up then. That that clears it up. Let me ask you a question. If Facebook doesn't use, or excuse me, if Instagram doesn't use face recognition technology, then why do they have face unlocks? What why why do they have face unlocks? What why is that why is that done then? If you have facial unlocks for your phones and I think that's even is that a is that a two step or is that a uh, two factor authentication for Facebook as well the facial recognition um, not Instagram but for Facebook so if they have that for Facebook why wouldn't they have it for Instagram now it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a, a step of authentication but they do have it every phone's got it anyway now oh just look at the phone it'll unlock for you fingerprints they only fingerprints fingerprints that's all they do yeah okay oh so it's so conveniently look look right there what's that what's that what's that uh-huh. oh that's a fingerprint uh-huh. reader oh that's a that's a yeah. fingerprint reader and you notice you see bruce this one here of course this has been covered you can see the covers on it the fingerprint reader here this is actually this is the last phone in in this manufacturing type that has the the external fingerprint reader the next series of phones that are coming out and this is this is a OnePlus. uh the next series of phones that have come out for this the, the two series after this they're all in the screen now so you can't get away from them they start with the back they start with the side like apple with iphone and all that stuff now they're now they're going into the screens so you can't get away from it so look if you go out and you use this stuff then okay i, I can understand why you're doing it if you're if you're a new listener and all that stuff and you're, you're going out and you're you know, or even a new user to any of the stuff, and you're going out, you're buying, you're buying all this stuff, and you're you're using all these biometric IDs and all that stuff. That's where they're trying to push everything. That's where they're trying to push everything. If you look at the way that COVID is being used, on top of that, to push this, 
What are we seeing now that's being proposed? The turnstiles to go into name your place, right? Wherever mass people go into. It's going to be facial recognition. It's going to be a temperature check. Hell, they might as well just throw a fingerprint reader on there too. Why not? And it's going to be a turnstile to get through. So you're not going to be able to get through until you can verify all these things. And it's going to become standard. It's going to become standard. And I hate to tell you this, but even before all this, they're using facial recognition to enter into the United States now. It's been going on for a better part of the last, I don't know, four or five years. And those that don't travel internationally, well, they don't know it. That's your new customs kiosk. You walk up, you scan your passport, which has an RFID chip in it, by the way, and you have to verify your face. That's the only way they let you in. That's it. So this stuff is here. This stuff is here. And I'm not saying that you should uh, flat out avoid it because, I mean, there are some cases where you can't. You know, for example, if I wanted to get into the continental United States, I, I mean, I had to the last time. I got to use it. But don't give them any more opportunity than they need. Don't expose yourself more than you can help it. Minimize the risk to yourself. The less exposure you give them, the less at risk you're going to be for compromising your own data and your own security. That's my take. Well, that, that's my piece. I, I agree. The, the DHS is talking about wanting to do more biometrics. Uh, basically, they want to harvest more uh, biometric information from immigrants. So you're you're coming into the country. We'll start with the immigrants. We'll get it okayed with the immigrants and get that into the you know get people used to the idea of more biometrics. Um, information that the government gets. Yeah. And then you'll slowly bring it on to the rest of the population, get them as they come in the door and then hit the other ones that are already in. And here's the thing that, I mean, we don't have to go too deep into this, but if you look at the people that are coming in that want to, to immigrate to our countries, I mean, fine, right? I'm all for it. Go that, that's, that's great. You know, welcome. But here's the problem. The system is so backed up. It's so jammed and it's so tilted that integration is not happening properly. So if you don't have proper integration with immigration, then what happens? The people that come in that are looking for that better life for themselves, and I don't blame them. I, I don't blame them. The ones that are coming in looking for a better life for themselves and their families, they don't know that they have any rights. This is the bigger problem, because once you get someone in, you say, oh, OK, well, they don't even know that they have these rights. Well, then they're not going to be willing to fight for them if they don't know they have them, right? I'll push back a little bit. Immigrants, the, the ones I've seen that have gone through the immigration process, they actually know more about our rights and how our government functions than someone that was natu uh, natural born. So uh, part of the process of immigration is they have to learn that stuff, you know, and I mean, I, I've some of the immigrants I've talked with, man, they're they're more patriotic than some Americans. Granted, granted. And I've I've met a lot of the same, you know, I've met a lot of the same. And, you know, I, I've had that conversation many a times with people who are not U.S. citizens where I mean, obviously where I live and they tell me about all kinds of things in the U.S. And I'm thinking to myself, you'd be a good American, you know, like seriously, you would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens to the average person out there in, in the U.S. It's like the last time I was there, I was like, man, don't you guys care about anything? Don't you care about anything? Different conversation. But keeping with the surveillance stuff, you know, <laughs> try not to drift here. Keeping with the surveillance stuff, the new update for the iPhone has an orange dot on the screen. So there's a little indicator light above the, uh, I think it's like the Wi-Fi bar or whatever it is, the, the signal signal um, strength. There's a little orange dot up there. And so if you see what, if you see that orange dot, which I don't have an iPhone or any Apple product, so I couldn't tell you. But if you see what that orange dot is, if you ever see that, that means your microphone is on, meaning someone on the other end, on the other end is listening to it. So Apple is 
or camera. Yeah. Apple's put in what's yeah. called a warning dot that alerts you whenever your microphone or camera, yeah, as you said, is activated. That means if any app is serendipitously recording you. Uh-huh. See, see, it's the app. It's the third party apps problem, right? It's it's them. It, it could never be Apple themselves. Of course, if they were doing it, you probably wouldn't know it. They wouldn't let you know. It's all part of the new iPhone update. Of course, the last one was COVID, right? Why not just add this one? So you can download iOS 14 now. And in iOS 14, an orange dot will appear in the upper right hand corner of the screen when the microphone or camera is activated. By swiping into your control center, you'll be able to see details about which app is using the microphone. Oh, see, they're going to tell you. They're, see, they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you what's being used. How, that's, that's so nice of them. That's so nice of them. If you suspect something is up, then you should check the app's permissions and settings. You can deny specific apps access to your microphone, for instance. You know, you can turn all that stuff off. But here's the problem. Most of the apps don't work if you don't give that access. Most of them don't work. It depends on what the app is, of course. But I mean, obviously, if you're using like a messaging service such as, I don't know, WhatsApp or, or Telegram or uh, what's some of the others? Uh, Yahoo. I don't, is Yahoo Messenger still a thing? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But if you're if you're using some of these uh, th- these DM services, uh, Google has a couple of them. Uh, if you're using some of these things, then you can't use them, right? If or Skype, for example, right? If you get Skype, I think it's available for every device out there. You can't use Skype if you don't give them access to your microphone or your camera. So a lot of these things you you have to do it if you want to use the app. So they tell you that if you don't feel if you don't feel comfortable enough, if you feel worried or anything, well then just delete the app. J- just delete the app. Don't don't worry about the company actually listening to you or watching you. Don't worry about that. Just delete the app. How about we delete that feature of the software? How about that? How about we turn off the fact that you can get into the back door of it? How about that? Is there any talk about that? I think that's a good place to start. With iOS 14, they're giving you more control over the data that you share and more transparency into how it's used. But see, they tell you just to delete the app. It's that's their that's their version of transparency. Well, if you don't like being watched, you don't like being listened to. Well, then just don't use the service. That's what they're saying. That's exactly what they're saying. An indicator appears at the top of your screen whenever an app is using the microphone or the camera, the control center. You can see if, uh, what app has used them recently. For instance, you can now share a rough location within an app rather than your exact details. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're telling me that they don't know exactly where you are. They can tell what room in, the, in your house you're in. That's what they can tell. They can tell what room you're in. Now, I'm not so sure if they can. At this point, I think they probably could. But back when we were reviewing this mapping technology years ago, it's been almost 10 years ago, they could tell where in a structure you were, but they couldn't tell you they they couldn't tell what floor you were on. So they could tell like if you were in the back corner of a a structure or a building or your house or something, they could tell what room you were in, but they couldn't tell you whether you're on the first, second or third floor. So that's probably a little different now, I would assume. I would assume, but uh, you know, spe- if you have a Roomba, I mean, <laughs> they're going to map your yeah. house. But if you're it, Google, you know, when they drive around and do the the Google Street photos, they also have a little dish up there that that pings all the uh, wireless networks in the area, and they take note of the physical location of those actual networks. And with those combined with uh, the cell phone tower and everything, you could technically um, narrow down where somebody is based in their in their home. Uh, because of your Wi-Fi signal and uh, the cell phone tower. So, but to your point, there's actually lawsuits right now against Apple uh, because <laughs> some of their changes with iOS 14 is barring other companies, third parties, from skimming the data that uh, Apple is able to access. So Apple will still have access to the to the camera, to your your phone, uh, or, or to your phone's data, 
your microphone, all that stuff. It still has access to it. But the third parties, they can't see what you're doing, like the apps you're using or the camera and the microphone and all that stuff. So there was a there was a big lawsuit on that one. Uh, I don't know any of the outcomes or anything, but Twitter, Facebook, you know, some of the big names were were suing them over that uh, over that debacle. So basically, to your point, what you were saying, the the company that that uh, it manufactures the phone or provides you with the OS, they could they could sit here and tell you, oh no, we don't we don't skim any of that information, we don't use any of that info. But how are you going to know unless you've taken apart that uh, software in there? And you, you're you're a software engineer yourself, and understand what it's doing. Unless you're doing that, or 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 looking at every single packet that leaves your phone of information that leaves your phone, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're tracking. So uh, again, you're 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 taking their word when they've lied to you how many times now? And they're showing no signs of stopping. They get caught. They just say, yeah, okay, it was a mistake. A company spokesman for down. Facebook. A company spokesman for Facebook said, Facebook does not use your phone's microphone to inform ads or to change what you see in your newsfeed. Um, that, no, that uh, is a okay. big bullvine, <laughs> steaming pile of bullvine excrement. No. Okay. We know for um, a fact that that is the case. Now, I okay, I can't, I can't say with all certainty at least because I'm not on Facebook anymore. I mean, I never really was. I was on there for a little while because of you know uh, traveling about uh, 10 years ago. But that was really about it. And I recently went back on there to, to contact a couple of people for something we were doing here. And, and that was all. But uh, I was only on there for, I think, what was it, like 24 to 48 hours and I was gone. But it, it's terrible. It's terrible what's going on over there. I know for a fact that Yahoo does this. I know Yahoo does this. It, now, if Yahoo's doing it and they're nowhere near as big as Facebook is, why wouldn't Facebook do the same thing? You and I were talking about certain things one day. And, and I know Amazon does this as well. You and I were talking about certain things on a podcast one day. The next day, I'm getting advertisements on my phone from Yahoo about products that we were discussing. Now, mm-hmm. I, I've never searched for products like that on Yahoo. I don't even use their search engine. Now, if these things aren't listening to you, then how on earth would they know that? How on earth would they know that? Amazon, for example, I have never once, I have a cat. I have never once ever looked for a product for a cat. I've never searched for a product for a cat. I, I have a business here that I support, a local business here I support, and that's it. And all of a sudden I'm getting ads for, or suggestions for buying cat food and, and cat toys and and all kinds of stuff. How in the world does Amazon know that I have a cat? I've never purchased anything for them. I've never searched for anything for them. Unless, unless Amazon is using the microphone in the app itself. And it hears my cat. That's the only thing I can think of. Facebook does not use your phone's microphone to inform ads or to change what you see in your newsfeed. Who really believes that? We show ads based on people's interests and other profile information, not what you're talking out loud about. Yeah, right. We know Google does this with Gmail. They do. Like if you send an email, they'll skim over it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We only access your microphone if you have given our app permission and if you are actively using a specific feature that requires audio. Now, you see, it's, it's very clever how they're wording this. They don't use that to inform ads on you unless you're using our microphone. Once you're using our microphone, then they're listening to you. This might include recording a video or using an optional feature we introduced two years ago to include music or other audio in your status updates. So 
if you're putting up a status update like everybody seems to do, because for whatever reason, we've made it about uh, broadcasting our lives to each other for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure why or, or why that's a, a thing or it's ever become a thing. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't understand why people do that. I still to this day, I cannot figure out why people do that. I can't. But nonetheless, people do it. See, they're not going to listen to you without your permission, right? That's what they're saying. They're not going to listen to you without their, without your permission. Okay, all right. Well, even if you could believe that on the surface, fine. If you don't give them access to the microphone or the camera, well, then there's not really much that they can do other than maybe go to, say, I don't know, Apple or Google and say, hey, we want access to that. And maybe they'd give it to them. I don't know. I don't know. But if you want to use the app itself, you have to give them access to these things. Otherwise, you can't use it. So right there, you're 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 giving up your privacy. And once you post something, once you use something, they're going to target you for advertisement regardless. How do you think these companies make money? Do you, do you think that they're going to offer you a free service and they're not, they're not going to make any money? You think they're going to give you a free service out of the goodness of their hearts? Are you kidding me? These companies target you for their advertising purposes. Example, let's talk about Project Nightingale. You remember Project Nightingale, Bruce? Yep. Google, Apple, these two companies specifically, they're getting into the fitness game. They've been getting into the fitness game very heavily. And now the new Apple Watch, is it, can uh, monitor, is it your blood oxygen level? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, why does a company need to know that? I, I get why your doctor would need to know it. I, I understand that. Okay, fine. But why can't that be in a device that your medical professional issues to you to collect data and then it goes back, right? They download the data or, or it gets taken off via Wi-Fi or whatever. I, I don't like that, but it does. And then you make the decision as a medical professional based on that with your patients. Why, why do, the question is, is why does Apple or Google need access to this information? Answer, they don't. But see, it's for your convenience. Same thing with same thing with any of these other features that these smartwatches do. As soon as I saw these smartwatches, I thought, well, God, what in the world? Okay. I would be for a smartwatch if it didn't have the sensor on the back of it. I've had this argument with GP. GP and I were in a store over here the last time he was here, and we were walking through all this stuff. We saw like this line this entire aisle of nothing but smartwatches. And of course, GP's got a smartwatch and he's like, he's flipping through it. And he's like, well, why don't, you know, do, do you ever look at one of these smartwatches? And I said, I don't want a smartwatch. I said, tell me one of these smartwatches that doesn't have a sensor on it. And then I'll buy it. And he says, well, it's called an analog watch. And I just went like this. I pointed at my own. I said, this is all I need. I just want to know what the time is and I'm good. I need to know the time and the date and I'm fine. Now you can call that old fashioned, but again, as much information as you're getting out of a device, they're grabbing 10 times or more from you back out of it. So why does Apple, why do why do Google, or I think they bought Fitbit, right? Google bought Fitbit. Isn't that where Nightingale came in? It is, yeah. Well, okay. Nightingale was Google specifically getting involved with the medical world. Basically, there was supposed to be a da uh, data storage or data um, I don't know, analyst, I don't know what you want to call it, but they were they were the ones, they were creating a network for your medical records so, you know, doctors and whatnot could access it easily. Why on earth would you give access to these things to a company like Google or Apple? Why would you do that? It's for your convenience, right? Sold to you for your convenience. Well, we're giving you all these things to, to help you. We're, we're giving you all these things to, to track your life, to make your life easier. But yet, what are they getting in return? They're getting access to all this data. Are you stopping to think of where that data is being pushed to? Who's downloading that data? 
what they're doing with it. And I think a lot of people don't understand where this data goes and what it's being used for. Now, it might not be sold as when I say sold, that's what they do with it. They sell it. They package it up. They bundle up and they sell it. Um, And the people that do that are people called data brokers. And it's sold off to other companies, but it's sold as it's sold as an algorithm, more or less. Right. So it's not actually sold as a specific person, like your name's not tied to it, but your behaviors and your information are. That, that's what is being done with it. And now you ask, where does it go? Where does it go? Everything goes towards a system of control. It goes towards a system of social credit or what people like the World Economic Forum call social capital. And you say, well, what is that? You've probably not you've probably never heard that term before. That is a system that was being beta tested in China and is now being brought here to the West. And they're using COVID in order to do it. And you say, well, what is this? This is a system that's going to regulate, tax and control society. And you're going to be managed based on your behaviors, your decisions, your actions, your movements, your preferences, your relationships, all of it. You're going to be based and scored as a person on these things. You're going to be given a score, just like you're given a credit score. Same thing. But it's going to be based on how you live your life and what decisions you make. And what decisions you make, how you live your life, what actions you uh, you you emit, who your relationships are, all of these things are going to be tied to that score. And you're going to be, shall we say, there, there's a system of rewards and punishments. I think that's the actual words that they use. That's the language they use within that structure, that system structure itself, is there is a system of rewards and punishment. And you say, well, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, for example, let's say that you go and, you know, you, let, let's say you have these, these smart devices, right? Let, let's say you have these, an Apple Watch, okay? Simple enough, an Apple Watch. Well, your doctor wants to have a look at that data. You know, they want to see your blood alcohol or blood alcohol. Well, they could probably measure that, too. They, they want to see your uh, your blood oxygen level. They want to see how well your sleep patterns are. They want to see how much exercise you, you do. They want to see how much your food intake is. They want to monitor your weight on a day to day basis. These things. OK, well, if you're not doing what you need to do. OK, well, then that gets put into the database that goes into the system as in you're not doing what you need to do. I mean, fair enough. OK, that's that's the doctor. OK, well. How about if you're doing these things incorrectly from what is otherwise determined to be the right course of action for yourself, your insurance premium goes up. They already have a system like that. I mean, I'm already in a system like that. If I don't do certain things based on my health insurance, if I don't do certain things, then my premium goes up. But I mean, I guess it doesn't really go up. I I get my premium back. I'll, I'll put it that way. I get my premium back. So for example, if I join a health club, if I visit uh, the dermatologist once a year, just for, I mean, just checkups. If I go to family doctor, you know, private, you know, private practice, that kind of stuff uh, for a checkup. If I go to the dentist uh, once every six months for checkups and, and cleanings and all that stuff. If I do all these things, if I, what was the other one? If, if I do certain things, for example, if I, if I get involved in certain programs within the health club that I belong to, if I belong to a health club, right, which I do, and I, I honestly, I think any, everybody should if you can, right? It's, it's, a, it's a great, uh, great way to keep yourself in shape irregardless, right? I'll use a Joe Biden term. <laughs> it's a great, great way to keep yourself in shape. But okay, side issue. But if I do all these things, I get my I get my premium back every year for my health insurance company. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll buy it because I mean, that's just maintenance anyway, right? 
So, I mean, those are probably things. If you wait until you have a problem to go to a doctor, well, then odds are you're going to have more problems when you get there. So it's probably a good idea. So that, in my opinion, is an example of something that's good out of it. Okay, that, that's a that's a positive out of it. But what would be a negative out of that? What would be a negative out of that? If I have one of these devices and it's collecting all this information on me and and I give that information to my doctor because my doctor, my, my health professional wants to evaluate me, wants to get me on a path to having a, a healthy, more productive lifestyle, well, then the system of social credit comes into play here. And you say, okay, well, how can they do that? Well, they will leverage that system based on the performance that you emit on a day-to-day basis. Okay, well, how do they do that? Doctor says you need to do X, Y, and Z, whatever that might be. You need to do these three things or four things or whatever, because this is the information that we're getting from you. And this inf- or this this Apple Watch or whatever, this Fitbit or whatever is telling us that this is how you're behaving. This is how you're living. Okay, well, all right, doc. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. You leave the, the doctor's office and you, you walk out and you say, yeah, I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to live however the hell I want, right? Yeah, that's what people do. They got that defiant streak in them. They walk out, yeah, or whatever, right? Because how many people really, if you walk into a doctor's office, how many people really follow that? Huh? How many people really follow that? Or I'll just cut back a little bit, right? He says I need to cut back on this much. Well, I'll just cut back a little bit, right? I'll, I'll just cut out the ice cream or this, you know, or I'll cut out the red meat. I'll only have, I'll only have steak uh, once a week instead of two, right? That kind of stuff. What if you go to the supermarket after your doctor's appointment and you can't buy the things you want to buy? Because it's not within your diet parameters now. Or worse yet, what if your score got knocked so bad while you were in there that you can't shop at that store at all? You can't even get in the door. You can't say hi to the person out in the parking lot that you've known for 20 years. Because if they're caught associating with you because your score has dropped that they've been notified from, then their score is going to drop and then they're not going to have access to these things. If all of this sounds dystopic and nightmarish, that's because it is. And that's what they're doing. This is the system that's being, excuse me, this is the system that they're attempting to bring in. I think it's going to be met with some resistance. How much resistance? I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, is I really don't know how many people at this point are going to be willing to understand it. That seems to be the biggest problem. I had a conversation with somebody about about six, eight months ago, and they knew all about the social credit system. I mean, it was just a, a person that I'd seen in passing. And, you know, we got to talking a lot. We became pretty good friends. We talked about, you know, politics and world cultures and, and things like that really good conversations. And they were curious to know more about social credit. I mean, they knew some about what it was. And Bruce, this is when you and I started to do our research into like all the white papers and everything on it, on how they were, they had gone to China, they've examined the Chinese social scoring system and how they're trying to bring it to the West and implement it here and how it's going to be structured and things of that nature. And that's not some conspiracy theory. That's just reading what they've put out there. That's just the way that it is. And so I, I explained all this stuff to him and I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there telling him about all these things and he's, he's just kind of looking at me with astonishment and he says, he says, well, what, what do, you, do you think people are going to take to it? And I, I mean, we're standing in the middle of you know crowd of people. And I'm like, look around you, man. I, I literally said this. I said, look around you, man. I said, people don't know. They, they don't know. And I said, and if you tell them, are they even going to care? I mean, I can't get people to care largely about what's going on now. People that I know. Now, if you, the listener out there, you're hearing all this stuff, that's because you care. That's because you're paying attention. You're one of the informed people. And and it's our responsibility as informed, responsible people to do everything we can possibly do to try and wake other people up and say, hey, do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this is the way we need to go? Do you really want your family growing up in a, in a system like this if, you, if you're uh, a new uh, if you're a new parent out there, do, do you really want your kids growing up in this where you have to live where and how they tell you to live? And you think, well, wait a minute, I, I own my house. Do you? <laughs> do you? 
What about when your score is not high enough to keep that house? How about that? Or someone else who comes along with a higher score than you? Well, that that neighborhood's going to be redone because only people with this score can live there. And you don't meet that criteria. So you have to move downtown to the to the slums. That's where you have to go until you can behave. We already don't owe the houses. I mean, already. I mean, don't pay your taxes. Don't pay your um, property in taxes. See what happens. You lose your house, right? The government will come in and take it from you. So, I mean, technically, we already don't own those things. But God, I, this is this is this is the one thing that I'm most concerned about because, uh, for example, you're you're talking about health and everything, right? And and your healthcare. What if you don't properly socially distance? What if you don't wear a mask? I mean, your credit score is going to go down. What if you don't properly socially distance? Now you can't go to the store because you're supposed to quarantine for two weeks because you were exposed to someone else for 15 minutes too long or uh, longer than 15 minutes. That's what they're saying exposure is. So, you know, safe exposure is under 15 minutes. What happens if you're interacting with somebody too close during that time? Well, you've got to to self-isolate for uh, two weeks. So this is... Uh, man, they have so many avenues right now uh, that they can go with this. And and the thing is, we've kind of talked about it already. It's fractured here in the West. We already, as you were saying, you know, with your, your healthcare system and everything there in, in Germany, there's uh, like benefits and punishments, if you will, to doing as they say. Well, you know, we've talked about it before, grocery stores or your, your uh, well, really favorite, any store, insurance, all that stuff. They have programs that are, that is a reward and a punishment if you don't do what they say. You know, let's let's continue down the road of civil unrest. Let's continue down the road of um, uh, defunding the police uh, that's happening here in the U.S. Let's continue down that road. What are some of the things that that you could institute as as a um, let's say an a um, ambitious company comes in like Google, who's already said they want to do this kind of thing. Let's say they come up and go to the governments, uh, local governments, or even federal, and say, "Hey guys, I got you covered. They're 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 wanting to defund the police. Here's the thing: if we start tracking all these people and we get the okay for you know to to track all these people and and institute these programs, we can fix society without having law enforcement." And that's just it. It will it will be a governing body in and of itself. The governments themselves will be made irrelevant. The constitutions that we live by now will be made irrelevant. That's the key takeaway in all this, is this system becomes the new governing body. And what's at the top of it? It's AI, isn't it? That's what rules the day at the top of it. But there's more to it than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. And we watched a video of this that came out of uh, that came out of China that you and I saw and we saw it in real time. And I think we even played a clip here at one point in time where if people were on we played the the audio that was being Mm. played over a train. And if you they were saying if you don't follow these things, then punishment will be given in the uh, social credit system and or yeah, individual credit system or whatever. Uh, and so you can't do this or, or whatever. And then we saw it again in a different form where a guy goes across a crosswalk. It's the, I mean, simply that he goes across a crosswalk when the sign is red, when you when you're not allowed to go across a crosswalk. What happens? His photo gets taken in real time, gets put up on digital billboards. And essentially it doxes them right there, yeah. tells them who they are, where they live, and if you're found associating with this person, then your score is going to drop. I've been told that this sounds like an episode of Black Mirror or something, 
but I've never seen the show. I, I don't know what any of that stuff is. Being associated with somebody. Th- see, this is another this is another way they're going to use this system to kind of divide people up. See, they can't have people united in the future. They, they can't have people united around a common cause. Yes, all the garbage you see out in the streets and stuff like that. Yeah, they're united on that, but they're being paid to be united because they're meant to collapse this system into this nightmarish next one that we're sitting here describing. But I wanted to specifically reference, I, I was talking about associations here. I wanted to reference something you had put up last week about geofencing out of Wired magazine. What was that? It, it's guilt by association, right? Well, sort of. So geofence was, this is something we talked, do you remember the guy that was riding the bike? Based on his bike route, they had tracked him on his smartphone and they had used that to say, oh, you were in this area when this person was killed, you're a suspect and arrested him for like six days or whatever it was. Uh, that's that's what they used was geofence. And we talked about that before, but this is a new, this is what they're trying to push with all this. Look, the riots going on, you know, if we use geofence and, and got where everybody was with their cell phone data, we can identify who the rioters are. We can identify or narrow down who suspects are. And, you know, as as we were saying with the social credit system, this is part of the system that they need for a police state or for, uh, you know, the, the social credit system, which essentially is a police state, more or less. Basically, they're saying that this is being denied by companies saying like Google saying, ah, we're not really doing this, blah, blah, blah. And yet there's warrants that are put out uh, for this geofence. Yeah, it, it honestly... I don't like it. There's been some judges that have uh, denied the request for geofence warrants and whatnot. So I'm I'm hoping that remains the trend and we have uh, judges and whatnot say, no, no warrants for this. It's a great boon for law enforcement, granted, right? I mean, it works great for a, a police state, but it doesn't work with our constitution. It doesn't work with the Fourth Amendment. Uh, basically, this is this is uh, recording your data, your information, your privacy is being violated before you even break a law, before there's even a warrant signed for for the search. So, yeah, I don't like it. Is there any benefit to it at all? A geofence? Yes. And what would that yes. be? So the only benefit that you can really push with this is, let's say uh, they, they start trying to institute that um, that uh, security system or, or tracking and saying, OK, we can track these people ensure that the rioters, the looters, you know, all these people that, for example, the guy that shot the two law uh, officers uh, shot the one in the jaw and the other one in the arm. Well, the one that got shot in the jaw was also shot in the side twice. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> they could track that dude's cell phone data if he had a cell phone on him and use information based on that and find him. So, I mean, there is some fair arguments to be made about this, but this is essentially like having an ankle bracelet on you at all times. And to be fair, that's kind of where they want things anyway. Like they, they want the monitoring of people. They, they want to make sure that they have enough tabs on everybody that they can see that. That's the whole point of this thing is they want everybody tracked, traced, controlled and managed. So if you do step out of line of whatever they think is to be deemed unnecessary, then they can stomp out any possible overthrow of them. In the future, they don't want another system to rise up and replace them. I'm talking about the elites. They, they don't want that. So they need to they need to use this system to uh, bring in this new era. And we talked about it with the agenda of societal change with the Great Reset. And, and that's what's coming if it's allowed to continue. But, you know, the funny thing is, is I talked to somebody and I mentioned the Great Reset. And you know what I got called? I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. <laughs> conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I got called a conspiracy theorist. And I said, have you even heard what I'm talking about? I said, no. And I said, well, OK, so that that means I'm a conspiracy theorist because you've never heard it. It's that simple. This is not us 
having an opinion on this. I wish it was. And, and to be fair, I want to be wrong. I do. I don't want to be right about any of this. I, I don't want to be somebody that's um, uh, that's vindicated or, or made popular or anything like that. I, I'm not that kind of person. I just want people to do their own research and make up their own mind. We can tell you where to go. We can tell you what to look up. But it's up to you ultimately to make that decision on what's true and what's not. No one's going to do that for you. It's, it's difficult now more than ever to find the truth. And what's more important in finding the truth is that you find out what the truth is for yourself, not what someone else gives you. I've never wanted to be a person since since we started this. I said I, I told all of you guys from the very start of this thing, I said, I don't know. I don't want us to be any people that are telling people what's true and what's not. It's up to everybody else to make up their own mind. That should be our goal is to get people to think on their own. And, and that's what it has to be. We, we can't have any of this political biasness or, or any of that stuff, because going forward, it's going to be incumbent upon all of us to make up our own minds and decide what's right and what's not. If you were to watch the television now or social media, social media has wrecked society. It has wrecked society. I'm sorry. It has. I understand there's good points to it. I get it. I get it. You know, church groups, charities, you know, organizing events, things like that. I understand. Right. There, there's good points to it. But the bad outweighs the good. It does. And case in point, what's happening to Western culture, Western society now is directly as a result of organizing on social media. You're destroying the civilization itself using the social media companies as a medium. And more than that, the social media companies are on board with it. It's, it's not like they're pushing back on it. So if you were to if you were to take an opinion based on social media, if you were to take an opinion based on, I don't know, podcasts or or television, whatever, however you get your news, however you you try and inform yourself. It's your responsibility at the end of the day to take whatever information you gather, whether that's our our information, stuff that we talk about, combine that with stuff that other people talk about or whatever, because we listen to podcasts from all sides, right? We listen to right, left, middle, you name it, right? We listen to them all. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we can think. And that's precisely what this system in the future does not want you to do. They don't want you to think. They don't want you to be an individual. Everything about what's coming is to make the individual irrelevant. It's all group think. It's all do what you're told, not what you want. Well, I've never been one to do what I'm told. I've always had that rebellious streak in me. You call me traditional American, whatever. But us being individuals is what makes us great. That's what makes civilization great. That's what's caused Western civilization to rise up to be the most powerful and the most prosperous and the most wealthy that the world has ever seen. It's because of our individualism. And I, I'm not going to sit here and, and tout too much of America on the back because that's where we come from. But it was rugged individualism in America that paved the way for this. And this is exactly why the U.S. has the biggest target on its back right now. Because you got to understand something. If the U.S. goes down, the rest of the West goes with it. I don't care. I don't care if you're American. I don't care if you're Canadian, German, Irish, English, Dutch. I don't care. If you're Western, we have a problem. And it's not Donald Trump. We have a problem. Donald Trump is a problem. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. He is a problem. He's not the problem, but he's a problem. If you don't like Trump, I get it. I'm fully understanding of that. There's a lot there not to like, I understand. But he's not the problem. When we sit here and we talk about these uh, these digital dark ages, we talk about the, the overreaching tech companies, we talk about organizations that are not governmental bodies, organizations like the UN. That's not a governmental body. Who in the hell gave those people legislative authority? That is not a governmental body. I don't give a damn what they say. World Economic Forum, that is not a government body. 
Those people own governments. They task governments with things that they want done. They do their bidding, which leads me to believe that everything that we we touch on with our national governments, what's it for? I was talking to Marty on the phone the other day, and he was he was telling me about how everything that he's hearing out of the, the British government right now is is Agenda 2030. Everything. He says, and they're selling it like it's their idea. He says, it's nice. He says, but if we hadn't gone and done our three-part series on UN Agenda 2030, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. If you haven't, by the way, we did three parts on it. It's worth a listen. We cover the whole thing, top to bottom. He said, if we hadn't sat down and gone through that plan step by step, he never would have known that it was the UN that's behind it. And more than that, it's not the UN that's behind that. It's organizations like the World Economic Forum that are behind that. Which leads you to believe, where does it go beyond that? I don't know. I don't know. If it goes beyond that, I haven't found it yet. Not in my research. I don't doubt that maybe it does. But when we start kicking doors open, it always seems to lead back to that group in Davos, Switzerland. But where are the elected politicians to fight for us? Where, where's that? Where's the where's the the fighting spirit in any of these people that we elected to represent us? I don't care what country you're from. We all have elected officials here in the West. We don't live in totalitarian countries for the most part, at least not yet. We still have a way to elect people. So why are they not fighting for us? What's with all the kowtowing? What's with the cowardice? I could understand it in the in, in the beginning of all this uh, this COVID garbage about, well, we wanted we want everybody to do their part so our, our medical system doesn't get overrun. OK. All right. Granted. Sure. Makes sense. We don't want our elderly relatives to, to not have a place to, to go if they need to, you know, a hospital or, or whatever. We don't want that. So, yeah, we'll do what we need to do. This is the longest 14 days of my life. Where is the pushback from people? Where is the legislation to go after companies that are invading our privacy? We have constitutionally guaranteed rights, not from a government, from God to stop this garbage. But see, they like that power too much. And at the end of it, they don't want to go after that because they're so stupid. They're so naive to think that they're going to have a seat at that table on the other side of this thing when they don't even realize themselves that the very nature of this system that's being brought in is going to make them irrelevant. And they're going to fall victim to that system faster than anyone else. You got any other points you want to make? Uh, I I just kind of want to hone in a little bit more on what you were saying. Some of the stuff that we bring forward, specifically looking at social credit, for example, or really the digital dark age in general, we're, we're pointing to looking at the World Economic Forum, UN and China, right? You look at the things that the two organizations are proposing and what China is doing. And then you look at the things that we've been talking about, you see they're slowly leading us, hurting us into that direction of, of what China's doing. And they're nudging us that direction. And then we see the stuff of the World Economic Forum and the UN with the Agenda 2030. It all fits in and it all just kind of meshes together. And it's not that we're kind of, you know formulating some conspiracy theory or, or coming up. We're just looking at it, looking at like China and seeing what China's doing and then looking at what our own nations are doing or looking at what the World Economic Forum is saying they want to do or want the world to do and then looking at what the corporations are doing. I mean, it's just looking at exactly what you said. We're looking at what they're telling us and we're taking them at, the, we're taking them at their word. So, you know, the, the idea that this is all conspiracy, this is literally us just listening to them and, you know, looking at what these companies are doing and, and what they're showing us they're doing and talking that they want to do. So I, I don't know where they get the idea that it's conspiracy, you know, uh, same with talking with people, uh, you know, in my in my own life, you know, some of them are uh, they don't they're they're difficult to talk with about these topics because they, you know, it's just they, they think it's pretty far fetched and out there. 
they don't think ah, life's going to continue on as normal. Nothing's going to change. But we're we're slowly being herded into this new new world, the new the new normal, as they call it. And they Indeed. don't see it. You know something? I don't like the new normal. I don't like it. I, I don't, don't know either. about you, but I don't like it. I don't like where it's going. Fascinating conversation as always, Bruce. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at janderson3, or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. We would humbly ask you to pass us along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to get as many people as we can to um, to have the, the right information. I mean, that's that's all we're about here is, is trying to get the right information to people and to promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles and to try and bring like-minded people together. So if you could pass us along to uh, friends, family, known associates, possibly your neighbor, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or to any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system, if you could drop us a rating at your convenience, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.